And we're back. Welcome to Pod Logic, presented by Straight Up Podcast. I'm your host, Johnny Peterson, hosting the show for you today. And I want to touch on kind of a it's a semi-podcast related topic. I'll do the tips first and I'll do the three tips first. And then I will talk about uh, the new kind of name, image and likeness, college athlete marketing thing, players, college players being able to get money now for their name and image and likeness. And we'll do the, we'll do the tips first. Then I'll talk about that. So tip number one, Technical difficulties, and I've definitely talked about this on the podcast before, but it is worth mentioning again, technical difficulties are an unavoidable tragedy. And when I say unavoidable, I mean unavoidable. You could have the absolute just most type A to the letter typed out in a Word document, printed out, tattooed onto your arm process for recording your podcast. And for some reason, something is going to happen. A computer is going to bite the dust. A microphone is going to just not work. An XLR cable is going to fail on you. Your mixing board, whatever. Your guest, if they're recording remotely, something is going to happen. So what do you do? You cannot plan for these things enough. But I'm going to give you a few tips uh, to make sure that the glitches don't totally ruin your time with a guest or an episode that you took, you know, significant amount of time to prep up. So step number one, keep your nerve. Just calm down. Just settle down for two seconds. Don't freak out in front of your guest because the last thing you want is your guest to see you visibly freaking out if something goes wrong. It's going to ruin the whole flow of the podcast, if not more, just as much, if not more than the actual tech issue. Your reaction is going to change how the rest of your conversation goes. So keep your cool. Go on to plan B. Have a backup plan. And this tip, this little tidbit here, specifically for remote podcasts. So if there is a poor internet connection on the guests and be ready to switch over to a phone call. Hey, what's your cell phone number? Send it to me. Email it to me. I'm going to call you. We're going to have it hooked up. You need to have this stuff prepped beforehand, ready to go. Because you don't know when it's going to happen, but it's going to happen. So, and, and it's vice versa. If you're recording over the phone, you need to be able to jump quickly into a Zoom, Zencaster, uh, StreamYard room, whatever it is, to continue the conversation and make sure that everything gets recorded. You don't want to have to just stop the interview completely. That is an absolute code red, DEFCON 1. Worst case scenario is you got to reschedule the interview. That sucks because they now have to find time in their schedule. You now have to find time in your schedule. You have to scrap everything you've done. All of the prep that you put into today's episode is gone out the window. It's just, it's, it's, you just want to try and salvage this as much as you can. And having a backup plan and keeping your nerve is going to be the best case scenario. So that's for, uh, remote podcasts. Let's talk about in-person podcasting for a second. Keeping extra equipment on hand nearby for in-person podcasts is absolutely critical. What does this mean? This means extra microphones, extra XLR cables, the cable that actually plugs into your microphone, a pocket recorder in case your mixing board or however you're recording the show fails, extra SD cards for camera. When a piece of equipment fails on you, you are dead in the water. If your only solution is to, in the moment, have to order a replacement on Amazon and be like, oh, well, 
it's it's next day shipping so i guess we would just we we could just pass the microphone back and forth you got to have at least one backup for every piece of equipment now, i'm not saying that if you saved up a bunch of money for a sure sm7b or some two thousand dollar microphone and it fails out on you that you have to now preemptively drop another two grand or five hundred dollars or whatever it is to have a really nice microphone that's gonna for the majority of the time just sit there and collect dust i'm whole i'm looking at a samson q2u microphone this was 50 60 bucks it's gotten more expensive since the pandemic but just having something like that in the rare case that you need to use it you are better off having it and not needing it than needing it and not having it is that the most cliche thing you've heard today it probably is but it is the most true thing you are going to hear today so having extra equipment super important uh so that's it for let me see where i'm at that's it for technical difficulties and this next tip kind of ties into technical difficulties that's why i paired it together in this episode but just check your inputs double checking your inputs your outputs when you're recording remote interviews when you're recording your own podcast like how i am now i'll I'll tell you a a quick story because i was hoping that i would get invited on more podcasts and be asked about like what's the worst thing that's ever happened to you from like a technical difficulty standpoint but i'm going to tell the story here so you are hearing this story before anybody else this was one of the most terrifying in my young podcasting career this was one of the worst experiences i've had so I am 22 years old. I'm 25 now. 22 years old. I'm fresh in starting uh, starting out in my podcasting career. I'm working on one show. And we're doing an in-person recording. I bring this beautiful Behringer Xenix uh, X1222 USB mixing board that I'm currently recording into. I'm carrying it around with me. This is before the studio. I'm bringing all the stuff around town to different places to record. I set everything up and I'm running everything into a little MacBook Pro that I'm recording onto Logic with. Everything's set up. Microphones sound great. Uh, the the host has two guests on. This is a big step for me. I'm like, all right, I got to do a three-person in-person recording. This is going to go great. Everything's set up. I've checked everything. I did not check the inputs on my MacBook. Normally, the input says Xenix 1222 USB. That's where all the podcast audio will go right into the recording software. Record it, edit it later. No. What did it actually say? It said internal computer microphone. So I'm sitting on the other side of the room with my laptop, taking notes, doing my thing. They're having their conversation. I think it goes great. And I go back to my apartment to start to put the episode together. And it is the worst audio I've ever heard. And it took me three and a half hours of pulling my hair out, essentially. Not tears. I didn't cry. I'm a big boy. I didn't cry. But it was pretty devastating. Because that was the first kind of big fuck up that I had done in my podcast career and in the presence of a client, no less. And now having to go back to that person and tell them, hey, I fucked up. You did a great job of scheduling three people together that are probably pretty hard to schedule together to get an hour and a half of their time to have them come over to whatever studio we were using at the time to record. And you put all your trust in me to make sure that this was going to go smoothly. So all you have to do is just sit down and start talking to these people. And I fucked it up and we have to trash this episode. We have to put it in the garbage bin. 
that was horrible. And what made it even worse was not knowing why. And once I discovered that it was just as something as stupid and simple as the input, I, you know, I gave myself an hour to beat myself up. You know, you're an idiot. Don't ever let this happen again. But now it's something that, excuse me, now it's something that is never going to happen again. It's never going to be a problem. So double checking your inputs um, is something that's just something. It's something that you don't think about. And to put it in the context of, uh, I'm trying to put this in the context of like the everyday podcast or someone that sort of just is probably recording into an online software. You'll download that audio if you're doing a like, let's just take Zencaster, for example. You're plugging in your USB microphone into your computer. You pull up Zencaster or Zoom or whatever to record your podcast. And you think you're recording into your really nice microphone, but you're actually recording into your AirPods or your iPod headphones or whatever. It's not something you think to check, but it's just, you know, when it happens to you, you will feel like a complete idiot. And it happened to me and I did. So this is all speaking from experience. So check your inputs. Finally, uh, last thing, if you are editing your own podcast or you are a podcast producer or something like that, and you have had the headache like I've had of having to clean up audio where it was recorded into those wired iPod Apple headphones with the attached microphone and you hear kind of the scratching sound like, like that as they're talking, I cracked the secret. I figured out how to get rid of it. I know how to do it. So If you want to know too, I'm more than happy to show you how to do it. DM me on Twitter at Johnny Threederson. So those are your three tips. We're going to talk a little bit more about uh, how long has this episode been going on for? Oh, 10 minutes. All right. So we will, we'll we'll push on. We'll push on a little bit more. You can tune out. This is all going to be uh, about college sports and podcasting. So if you find this interesting, keep listening. If not, you've got your information. You've got the stuff that's going to help you with your podcast. You can tell me to piss off and go about your day. Anyway, something that I've been thinking about is where does podcasting play with college's new name, image, and likeness rules? So Obviously, this decision is about a decade too late. The NCAA has refined regulations around student athletes and their ability to monetize their name, image, and likeness. In the immediate aftermath of the rule change, you it just exploded on social media. And I waited a couple weeks specifically because I wanted to think about this a little bit more because everyone was caught up in the hype of all of this. There was just a flurry of athletes announcing through social media various partnerships and 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 with good reason too. any industry niche or product with dollars in their bank account is able to get in on the action of sponsoring college athletes, regardless of their level of fame or name recognition. I'm seeing the Division II school in Michigan uh, crew guy getting sponsored by some sweatshirt company. Like it's awesome that athletes that uh, with that wouldn't normally be able to monetize their uh, themselves because they're not these big time, you know, they're not quarterback at Alabama. They're able to do it now. And my thinking is where does podcasting fall into all of this? Because surely there has to be some benefit for the industry to put some muscle into the eyeballs that some of these college players can garner with just a single Instagram post. And as I've been thinking 
about the possibilities. The two lowest hanging fruit in my mind to capitalize on would be one for athletes to use their social media, i.e. Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat's big, TikTok, to promote various podcasts that pay for the attention. So let's say I'm a I'm a I'm a TCU alumni, Texas Christian University, go frogs. Let's say I uh, paid a gal on the TCU air rifle team. You may not know this, but the TCU rifle team is incredibly successful. They're very good. I pay a gal to promote one of the shows that I work on, and I pay her 50 bucks to do an Instagram post about the show, saying how much she likes it. And then here's the link in my bio to check it out. You leave that post up for two weeks for 50 bucks. Boom. That's how it would work. Option number two would be for a company like mine or a bigger production house, someone, something that has some actual muscle, like, uh, uh, I guess I'm pretty muscular. I do work out, uh, a more refined podcast company. I'm more of a, I'm more of an editor for, you know, and producer for individual shows, but like, uh, production houses that actually set up podcasts to put under their name and help them launch. I guess that's kind of what I do. I'm getting up, whatever, not me, someone that's not me. Uh, they can help players get set up with their own podcasts in order to start building an audience while the iron is hot. And the term the iron is hot is critical because once you know, let's, let's take a more popular sport. Let's say you're a division one football player. Let's say you play for Arkansas. Once you leave Arkansas and you don't go to the NFL, the eyeballs go, let me try that again. The eyeballs go, I can't whistle today. The eyeballs go down, essentially. Your engagement drops significantly because people follow you because they see you playing for Arkansas every weekend. What better time than that time when you have all of that attention to start your podcast? So if I were a company, what I would start doing is identifying, excuse me, potential athletes that have, uh, we'll call them the sprinkles or that it factor that would make them seem like they would be a really good podcast host. You're seeing it in the NBA now. Look at guys like Matt Barnes from the NBA and Steven Jackson. They have all the smoke. You got the two guys from the Knuckleheads podcast. I'm a big basketball guy, so all my references are going to be hoops related anyway. Uh, you've got JJ Reddick, who has his own podcast. Duncan Robinson has a podcast. Josh Hart has a podcast. They're all NBA players. You start that in college, that can be your full-time gig. If you build enough of an audience base, that could be your, you could go into and be like, what are you going to do after college? I'm going to continue doing my freaking podcast. I think that is such a cool opportunity and podcast companies have the opportunity to get in on that action. I think they should wait a little bit longer for the kind of hype to die down and for the rules to get more fleshed out. Be like, okay, what can we actually do? Because it seems like the Wild West at the moment, and I'm sure they're going to crack down on it because it's the NCAA and the NCAA's garbage organization. Anyway, there are some downsides to this. The major downside into sinking a lot of money into a student athlete is that the pool of, avail- of available slots shrinks incredibly when you go from the collegiate level into professional athletes. So as the investor into the 
athlete, you have to be thinking, are we investing in a kid because we think he has the future to go pro? Do we want to capitalize on advertising to a college student market? Does this athlete have a future in broadcasting like I just talked about and, and has incredible potential for podcasting? Those are all questions that you would need to think about because, again, you are spending your hard-earned money on something that has to have an ROI. And you don't know what that's going to be until you see what is what the market is going to... Oh, God. That sentence went nowhere. You are going to have to think about it critically. And I guess the best way to do that is to just see what other companies are doing. Monkey see, monkey do. Monkey throw poo all over you. Anyway, that's my rambling on college athletics and podcasting. I'm going to be fleshing it out as the uh, newsletter goes on because I think it's a really interesting topic that I want to write about. So that'll be, you can check out the link to the newsletter in the episode description if you want to follow along that mini saga. Anyway, thanks so much for tuning in. I greatly appreciate it. I hope you have a wonderful rest of your week, an even better weekend, and I'll see you on Monday for the newsletter and hopefully Wednesday for the podcast.